Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. The last person that called me Sweet Pea ended up dead. I haven't killed anyone for three years, and I thought that when it happened again, I'd feel bad. But no, I had a blissful night's sleep. This morning, I feel balanced, almost sane for once. Rhiannon is your average girl next door, settled with her boyfriend and a little dog, but she's got a killer secret. Although her childhood was haunted by a famous crime, Rhiannon's life is normal now that her celebrity has dwindled. By day, her job as an editorial assistant is demeaning and unsatisfying. By evening, she dutifully listens to her friends' plans for marriage and babies while secretly making a list. A kill list. From the man on the Lidl checkout who always mishandles her apples, to the driver who cuts her off on the way to work, to the people who have got it coming, Rhiannon's ready to get her revenge. Because the girl everyone overlooks might be able to get away with murder. American Psycho meets Bridget Jones in Sweet Pea by C.J. Skews, a darkly comic novel about a girl-next-door serial killer that you can't help to love but also agree with. This is written in diary format, so we really get into Rhiannon's deranged and sometimes scarily relatable mind. Sweet Pea is viciously funny, foul-mouthed, rather graphic, and not for the faint-hearted. It's the perfect read for anyone who loves a promising young woman or killing Eve. And the good news, if you love it, it's only book one in the series. There are some content warnings we'd like to address, including child abuse and trauma, as well as, well, murder. You can purchase Sweet Pea on Amazon, the HarperCollins website, or anywhere books are sold. Happy reading, and thank you to HarperCollins for sponsoring this episode. Hey everyone, welcome back. Renee here, and I am joined by two of my favorites to talk about The Woman and Me by Britney Spears, and I will let y'all introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Ra. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm so excited to be here. This is a mess. I love this. <laughs> I'm Sally. My pronouns are she, her. This is great. I The morning is off to a riotous start. Let's go. <laughs> So we all powered through this memoir um, as soon as it came out, as soon as it got into our grubby little paws. And um, I know I, for one, am just a sucker for a juicy celebrity memoir, and it was exactly what I needed at this time. Um, my first question for you both is, what was your relationship to Britney Spears prior to this? And I will start by sharing... Um, my eyebrows have never been the same since I saw her very first album and I plucked them into oblivion. All right, go on. <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> um, big Britney fan. Um, she did lose me for a couple of albums. I just, you know, I don't know what happened there. I just wasn't paying attention. Um, I came back for Femme Fatale, an album that apparently she has absolutely nothing to say about. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, but I love her. And then of course I, f I followed all the free Britney stuff and I'm just glad my girl's free as free as she can be. Mm -hmm. Let's just give it up for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have deep memories of comparing what CD color I got when the hit me baby one more time album is, is that just a self-titled album? Right. I think so. It's called yeah. oh. baby one more time. Oh, baby one more time. Okay. Yes. Because you could either get blue or pink in the CDs. I had blue. Um, yeah. Brittany also lost me for quite a while. I'll say, I think it was after the slave for you album um, or whatever song that album was on. And then I came back to freer. That's about it. Like I, <laughs> I did not follow any of her later career, just what was in pop culture and the way that the media tore her down. And I was always very sad about that. Um, but yep. We just came back later in life. <laughs> I mean, just like her, right? She's she's 40 now. She is free for the first time in 13 years. Like, can we talk about the conservatorship for a hot second? She was literally institutionalized. And she shares mm -hmm. these details. And she was institutionalized. I mean, this goes back to like 1700s, right? Where we would throw, quote unquote, hysterical women into asylums because, I don't know, they have postpartum depression, like Britney did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they were grieving, like Britney was. Um, I just can't get over the fact that in the year of the Barbie movie, we are still talking about <laughs> institutionalizing adult women like Britney Spears. In the year of the Barbie movie is like my go-to phrase now of like <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2023. It is the era. It is the era of the Barbie movie. <laughs> um, what do you all have to say about the conservatorship and like her family's reasons for doing this to her? Um, I don't have a lot to say because it just fills me with rage, which I, you know, it's interesting because like if you did follow a lot of the Free Britney stuff, then like there wasn't a lot new in like in that in the entire like second half of this book because you like already knew all the reasons why that had been given and blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> and so I knew it was coming. <laughs> and so it's just like me slowly seething for the first like half of the book, just like knowing like, oh, wow, there's even more trauma here than I thought. <laughs> um, and then like you know, then the conservatorship happens. And I'm like, I was just like blown away by uh, the audacity of men and like the audacity of parents. Because um, like it wasn't just men, right? Like her mom was also complicit in this, even if she wasn't like a driving force or whatever. Um, I, it's just maddening. It's maddening and it enraged me. Um, it's a good thing I was baking for the most part while reading this book because otherwise I don't know that I would have had an outlet for like that much rage. <laughs> I was cross-stitching while I was listening to the audiobook so like stabbing something multiple times for you know a few hours was exactly what I needed. Ra what are your thoughts on this portion of the of the memoir? Man I'm right with Sally it just filled me with absolute rage. Um Things I want to say <laughs> end up going back towards another discussion that we're going to have later on in this whole discussion. So I don't want to share too much. Um, Sally took it all from me. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting to know that someone was 
I don't have anything to say about it because yeah. I'm just angry about it, just speechless. And what it's, I, I feel like what happened to Brittany opened the eyes of what is happening to a lot of other people, which is, I don't want to say it's great. It's not great, but I'm happy that it finally happened to open the doors for others to become free. I wrote this exact thing down, Ra. I wrote down like, I'm not glad this happened to Brittany, but if it had to happen to someone, I'm glad it was someone with a platform to share. Mm-hmm. So we can speak up and speak out about people who have been institutional. Like, I just can't get over the fact that we are still throwing people into mental health facilities because they don't conform to how a quote-unquote normal person should be she had postpartum depression Mm -hmm. i just can't get over that without a doubt what's that without a doubt without a doubt yeah and they they drugged her they put her on lithium for heaven's Mm -hmm. sake okay anyways and that goes to show that is the point that i okay i got two thoughts here first her family has a history of this like her grandfather did it to two maybe three wives I forget at that point it's very early on in the book where she's like introducing her family also it just goes to show that anger is dangerous for women to show and she has a a point in in the book where she didn't want to speak up because she was afraid everyone would think she would create she was crazy but turns out they thought she was crazy anyways even if she didn't speak up and so like that's that's my new life motto is like, well, they're going to think I'm crazy anyways, right? Might as well say what's on my mind. If I'm going to be institutionalized, that's just this world we live in. Like, what the fuck? Anger is dangerous for women. Mm-hmm. And that's something that she kept on mentioning in the book is that they thought that she was dangerous with how she carried herself in her career, where she just wanted to have a normal life and sing and dance. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the thing that really struck me is like how long for how long she's been kind of out on her own career, like she just wasn't feeling it. She didn't want it. And part of the reason that they like she didn't say this explicitly, but like me trying to figure out like what even is the like, how did we even get here is like, well, she must be crazy because like, why would she want to not be doing this anymore? Why wouldn't she want to still be? performing and making albums and like be famous and making a lot of money like why wouldn't she so I think like there is a a kernel of that in there which is gross um because yeah like what she wanted was to take a break what she wanted was to like be with her family what she wanted was to resolve her whole divorce and custody situation like and have like an actual healthy relationship and like have another baby like these are the things that she wanted but because it goes against like what we think she ought to have wanted like as a already famous rich person successful person um like of course you'll want to keep doing that and it's interesting because i the timing of her entire career is really sad to me because like it wouldn't happen the same way now like there are enough other like women artists out there who like do take long breaks and are just like very insistent on like no i am not doing what you want me to do um but at the time that she was coming up like if the women hadn't really started doing that yet they hadn't really started just fully advocating for themselves um 
so it it is really sad too like it's it's pretty tragic like the timing of it all and even like the whole questioning of the virginity and like asking about her boobs like yeah of course there still is that now but like we really grew up in like the heyday of like let's just ask every single woman <laughs> who has a microphone in front of her are your boobs real uh what's your virginity status uh like that was fully normalized it was wild <laughs> I think now about how um, I, I love what you said, Sally, like this wouldn't happen to this extreme if she were coming of age now. I mean, she was a child. She was a child. She was an incredibly talented child. <laughs> and I think about Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift started as a child, but she was pretty well protected. And the era's tour that Taylor is still on, I think she will be on this tour for the next 30 years is what it feels like. She's a fully grown woman on this giant tour, whereas Britney was not. Britney was a child going around the world, being controlled by her family and used. She was a pawn to make more money. She was literally a tool to make more money. And that's, I just... I, I can't understand how her, her family just forgot her humanity. It's appalling. I was definitely there for the Jamie Lynn sp uh, slander. She's Say not more. great. Same more. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, I never liked Zoe 101. <laughs> never understood why Jamie Lynn Spears was famous in the first place and was like, oh, she's just famous because of Britney, right? Uh, there's nothing, nothing here. Um, and just to hear Britney just throw so much shade in, like, the nicest, meanest Britney way. I don't know. Britney says things so nicely, but I, we know that she's a... Hmm. What what do Southern people say? Like, bless your heart? Oh, like, when bless they mean, your Fuck heart. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just picturing young Jamie Lynn ruling the roost of the Spears household while Britney Spears is on tour, making money for the whole family, drives me insane demanding chocolate milkshakes from their mom like that whole scene <laughs> I was just like the audacity of this child <laughs> and then during the whole conservatorship to, for her to be coming out saying that Jamie Lynn had nothing to do with anything like that she is not a part of this so I think it's pretty well established that her family is trash and like no wonder she doesn't want anything to do with them and good for her um that's that is where I landed on this book is you know what good for her good for Brittany I'm glad she's doing what she wants to do she's emotionally stunted I hope she has lots of therapy um she, you know she was locked into this career when she was a child and really hasn't matured out of it and and that's obvious <laughs> and yet I have so much empathy for her um and if she's dancing with knives on Instagram you know what good for her as long as you're safe Brittany that's all all I care about um and that's the other thing about okay this is the last thing I'll say about the conservatorship and then we can kind of dive into her earlier years um it just really frustrated me to see her or you know read her account of being just absolutely demonized for having fun and being a young woman and she is like Ra you said she's so she's so kind like I have never read a bad thing about an encounter with Britney and I read a lot of celebrity gossip 
Um, and she's just, you know, there's a there's a scene where she's in Vegas and she's just dancing and and drinking and just like having a good a good wholesome time. You know, every young woman should sow their wild oats that way. And most of us have sowed our wild oats in a much wild wilder way. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all like, mm. <laughs> um. And she was demonized for it. And that just makes me really sad. I just wish that she would have had the space, the privacy, the safety net to do something stupid. Like the rest of us. She just never got that, never got that opportunity. And no, before anybody comes for me, shaving her head was not stupid. That was grief. That was postpartum depression. That was anyone can shave their head for any reason that they want. Like, what the fuck? Why did we think that was crazy? I don't know. Anyways. Those are my thoughts. Ra, you've got some thoughts on other things. Would you like to lead us into that conversation? Y'all, Justin Timberlake's trash. <laughs> like, I ke- I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it to the point that I also listened to Jessica Simpson's memoir to understand why Justin Timberlake is trash. Renee, I know you and I talked about this recently, about... Uh, something that Jessica Simpson said about Justin Timberlake and you're like oh I wasn't sure that was in there I can confirm that Justin Timberlake (laughs) was an egomaniac as a child and when he kissed Jessica Simpson he right away texted Ryan Gosling saying that he won I had forgotten about that little tidbit um and then I was just like, I had a similar, I wanted to reread Jessica Simpson's memoir. I haven't yet, but I think I will. Um, but yeah, he is straight up trash and he has been straight up trash for so long. And it is wild to me that like, he's still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we doing? He's still here. He's still relevant. He's in that Trolls movie or whatever. Um, I don't watch those. I, I don't, I, right? There's a Trolls movie coming out, I think. <laughs> um and it's like, what are we, how are we? And then I, I, and then I'm also reminded of that like fake ass apology that he had. I think it was like during 2020 when he was like, oh, I, I apologize for like Janet Jackson and Britney Spears and like whatever, however he worded that, that at, even at the time without knowing all the details of this, I was like, sir, this is, what is this? <laughs> this is not an apology. What are you talking about? Like, you're not addressing anything that you've done to wrong these women. You just know that people know that you've wronged them. And so you're like, oh, I'm sorry for any harm I may have caused or however the hell you were. Like, go fuck off. Like, sir, the best thing, if it's true, the rumors of like, he was uh, about to have like a comeback or whatever. And like, now he's thinking he shouldn't because of this book. Amen. If we get nothing else from this m- memoir, other than like Justin Timberlake just like going back into a hole, whatever hole he's in in Montana. I don't know where that man lives in the woods. <laughs> like him and Jessica great. Biel I love that. Woods. <laughs> Bless um, them. Okay. The apology was from 2021. Uh, I pulled it up because for some reason in my head I was like, wait, was this apology recent? So I looked it up again to make sure like when when was this apology apology released? Um, it turns out that he set this apology to Britney and Janet Jackson out after uh that documentary of Britney Spears came out like framing Britney so he was getting a lot of backlash because of that he made that apology and I was creeping on his Instagram this morning because I wanted to know if there was any other sort of apology or something that was happening with uh Britney Spears's memoir coming out 
And all of his comments are shut off. What a coward. Yep. (laughs) Fragile masculinity at its finest. Yep. And it's just, just the fact that so many people like Justin, Kevin, I'm going to also say Nick Lachey with Jessica Simpson. (laughs) Nick Lachey is absolute trash. Yes. Also trash. Um, just these men who are using these narratives to fuel their own careers, saying that they had a broken heart because this beautiful, amazing woman decided to quote unquote, leave them. But it was almost like they were standing there and things were happening to them. And they were just let like the men, like Justin, Nick, Kevin were in their own delusions. I don't know. It's, we need more partners that can cheer on the powerful women. Yeah. Hell yeah. And we see that, you know, we see some of that slowly. <laughs> that is the one thing I am loving about this potential Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift relationship is I feel like, I mean, I feel like Travis Kelsey is, is willing to step into that supportive partner role um, and just watch Taylor shine. And I want that for Brittany too. <laughs> Every woman deserves that. Um, Okay, so let's talk about some of the bombs that were dropped in the Justin era. First of all, Justin claiming to take Britney's virginity when that was not true. I thought it was really interesting how she was like, I kind of liked that he did that. It just it just showed people that I was a woman and not a kid anymore. And I thought that was really like weirdly mature of her <laughs> to be like, yeah, I don't care that Justin said he we slept together like we were living together like obviously um the other thing is obviously her abortion and I want to talk a little bit about that I have seen criticism from centrist feminists um that Britney's abortion narrative is not good for the abortion movement because she regrets it she didn't want it she was forced into it and I think I'm gonna step up on my little like radical feminist soapbox and say all abortion narratives are necessary and the pro-choice movement has to include these stories too or else it's not good for anybody and so I'm glad that she was honest about her experience um how painful it was emotionally and physically um and I'm just so proud of her for including that because that must have been like really a difficult to write and and revisit but also knowing that it's going to go out into the world especially where she grew up in rural Louisiana you know like that's not the most approach space in this country <laughs> so I gotta say kudos to her for sharing such a raw emotional experience she owed to no one and gave it to us anyways that's that is a deeply feminist move yeah, I completely agree. I as I was reading it, I was like, oh no, people are gonna hate this. Like people are gonna hate her abortion story, not just the fact that she regretted it, but um like her in like discussing the pain so like focusing on the pain so much. Um because yeah, like we we like to just we I don't I don't do this. <laughs> Some people (laughs) like to just focus on like the ease and like accessibility of like an at-home abortion, whatever. And it's that's and it's true. And that is great. And I do think that sometimes like the like 
grosser or like heavier parts kind of get lost and it's not that everybody is going to have that experience every experience is going to be different um but i could just see like as i was reading it so i started this so i had pre-ordered it and i started it like the night before it came out technically because it was it was on libro fm and i said girl it's it's only 10 o'clock but i'm gonna start it <laughs> um, i love that for you <laughs> So like I have, was reading it before like anybody really had finished it. So I wasn't like part, you know, I, I didn't see what I wasn't available. The discourse was not yet available, um, but I was like, oh, I had to pause because I was like, holy shit, like she is going to get so much hate for this. And I feel already bad for her. Um, but I'm yeah, I'm glad that she was honest. I'm grateful that she shared <laughs> that all that Justin did was play his little fucking guitar. Um, <laughs> That tidbit, and, I cannot believe she included it. I can't believe it's true, but I know deep in my heart that it is absolutely 100% true. And I hate everything about it. It's another scene. It's another scene that's going to probably live rent-free in my head for so long that just, uh, if I ever see JT, it's on. It's on. Rob's got fisticuffs. <laughs> Hands over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just atrocious but I think the other thing too about that is like the thing I think that we can take away from it more than like whatever the pain and whatever is like she didn't have like she already was having an abortion she didn't want but she also didn't get to have the abortion in a way that she wanted either which is not what we need to be like we should be talking about that more like it's not okay that like, I'm sure they could have paid off some doctors. I don't know. Like, I'm sure something could have been done for her to have the abortion that she wanted instead of like, if she didn't want to be at home, like, yeah, if I had an abortion, your girl would be doing it at home. I don't want to see nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. Okay. But if that's what she wanted and like, she couldn't even get that, like, that's atrocious. Like, what are we doing? We are failing people. If like, like somebody couldn't Justin have paid somebody off? like between the two of them I'm sure they had enough money to pay off some doctors to let her have like a cute little suite in a hospital somewhere and have the abortion that she like deserved like I think that's atrocious like the fact that that even is a thing that happened and like Justin Timberlake with his little guitar like I just hate that I really really hate it also like not having more people I mean I don't know if she wanted more people around but like I don't like she, she couldn't even have more people like who was she She didn't have friends like who was she gonna have there for her other than like her assistant friend person whose name I forget but like I think that also kind of sucks like everything about it just made me really really sad it was really sad yeah ultimately she just felt alone in that and that was not the abortion that she wanted that is not what she asked for um maybe if she had more choice in the matter of how she could conduct it maybe things would have turned out a little bit differently. Maybe if the conversations around choice were different back then, she would feel a little bit differently. But here we are. And it makes me very upset that people are saying that her story is invalid because choice is choice. And she Ultimately, wasn't given that's one. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. What other mo- Okay. We all listen to this in audio and um, Michelle Williams narrates the audiobook what did you think of a that choice and b that performance okay i have thoughts on this don't come for me people don't come for me okay i think it was a wise choice to have somebody else narrate this book because listen 
Brittany narrates about a minute and a half of this or however much time it was. And I said, you know what? I'm glad that I was spared the five and a half hours of listening to this. Some people just aren't narrators and that's okay. Okay, let's normalize people acknowledging their weaknesses and saying, you know what? Someone else can do this. I, you know, I get that also she just didn't want to do it because she thought she would get too emotional. I get it now having read it. <laughs> I get it. Um, but like, I don't know that I needed to listen to Brittany narrate this book. And so if Michelle Williams is here to take that on, uh, more power to her. Also, sometimes when Michelle Williams was just really going, she was really in her bag. I, it was funny. <laughs> Some moments, like the whole genuine part, <laughs> like, I was I like, what are we doing? <laughs> I can't get over that. If nothing else good comes of this book, which I'm sure it will, I'm sure it, it'll be great. But if nothing else comes from this book, the meme of Michelle Williams impersonating JT talking to Genuine saying, oh, foches, foches, foches. I will never forget that. I will never forget where I was in that moment. I replayed it multiple times. It is the soundtrack of my life now. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I already forgot about that moment. It was you got to go back. Impactful. You got to go impactful. back and listen. You know, you I listened back. to clips this morning and those are, that was one area I did not go back to and I'm pretty upset that I did not bookmark it. You gotta, you gotta re-listen to the, you gotta re-listen. It was so good. I also, um, back to, uh, the Justin Timberlake of it all. Way to go, Brittany, for calling out white dudes who act black. Way to go. Yeah. I was like, I was here for it. <laughs> uh, it was so good. And how unfazed he was by the whole thing. Like she and her, I think it was Felicia. Is that her assistant's name? Sure. I, I think, think it's Felicia. I think they they were both like, what just happened to you, Justin? And he was like, no big deal. No big deal. It's just genuine. I also thought it was interesting, like how even she was like, oh, like the Backstreet Boys. I almost called them the Blackstreet Boys. How they're like the Backstreet Boys were like the white ones. And then like NSYNC got to be like the culturally appropriative ones. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, let's just I don't know if she meant it as shade, but I took it as shade. And I, I said I was here for this. I took it as shade. At least the Backstreet Boys stayed in their lane. Back to what you're saying, Sally, about um, Michelle Williams <laughs> and how, like, if they're going to come for you, if people are going to come for you for that opinion, they can come for me, too, because I think that she did an excellent job. Um, I I think it is some of Michelle Williams' best acting. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, because she does have just like this innocent Southern twang to the whole book. And it's not her impersonating Britney, but it's her delivering the story in a voice that feels true. And I just thought, yeah, she did, she did such a great job. And Sally, I'm with you after Britney's intro. I was like, I, I don't know if I want to listen to that. And I say this as a woman with vocal fry, like, I don't know. If I want to hear that for five and a half hours, but yes, Michelle Williams, A plus Grammy, give her a Grammy for this performance. The audiobook people get Grammys. Yes, there is a Grammy for a spoken album, and I think mm -hmm. audiobooks count for that. Mm -hmm. It's how Viola Davis got her EGOT. She was missing the Grammy. That just came up on my Libby holds. I have a line that I wrote down because it stuck with me really hard. 
but of course I wrote it out in my bookmarks. So give me one second here. I didn't write down the sentence, but it was more of the statement of it's towards the end of the memoir where Brittany talks about how people seem to experience her body as public property. It had me reflecting a lot on how we treat most celebrities and their bodies and how many people just feel like they have this mine aspect to people and how we want to look and how we want to act and even like when you're not a celebrity feeling like people are I don't know just experience feeling like your body's experience as public property just those words are things to reflect on I think at this point she's also talking about how she uses Instagram too is this the same the same segment or section of the book where she says yeah if I want to put on you know a cute skimpy outfit and share a bunch of selfies like that's me controlling the narrative I've never had the chance to do that and I went back I did a deep dive on her Instagram after I read this book and like there are naked booty shots and all sorts of things like good for her um but I can totally respect that after decades of someone else literally controlling the lens through which we see her that she now has the control to share what she wants of her body and I think it speaks to what you're pointing out Ra is like how often do we afford celebrities the opportunity to control the gaze um and she's finally finally experiencing some of that um I think that's the one thing that social media uh, Instagram in particular did well for celebrities is it gives them an outlet to control um how people see them literally see them but yeah in the Britney Christina Jessica Simpson era it was the only way we saw them was through paparazzi photos and that is not healthy for anybody (laughs) how did we ever survive the other thing that that's reminding me of that I did want to touch on so thank you is like the whole role model of it all because something that I kept thinking about well number one we still do that but number two we really only do that with women and girls right it's like nobody was like JT you're a role model for young men out there like you know whatever um but like the Taylor Swift of it all and like nobody asked to be like you're signing up to be a singer right like that's the thing that you're choosing as your vocation or whatever nobody asked to be a role model like would it you know and I'm glad that Brittany kept saying that like she said it like a couple of times like she was just living her life as a literal child um who like didn't ask to be a role model and also like even if she had asked to be a role model she's a child (laughs) what do you like she has no what do you mean like she wouldn't even have what like what like that wouldn't have even made sense so like it's really strange to me that we are still doing this because like some of these things have changed in our culture but like some of this has not um and that is i definitely think one of them where like even now like yeah maybe not 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 as much but olivia rodrigo like people say that about her like what are we doing like why are we treating children i mean anyone but especially like girls (laughs) girls under the age of 18 as role models why who said that for what reason like what are we looking up to them for like 
this doesn't make any sense. And like to put all of like society's expectations on young girls for no reason, it I like it baffles me and it makes me really, really sad. Um, because that was part of the whole thing of, you know, with, you know, going back to like the Justin Timberlake saying that they had sex or implying that they had sex or whatever. Um, like, of course, she was grateful that that happened. Like once she said, like, I didn't know that about it. But like when she said it, I was like, of course, you're going to be because if she had been the one to say it, the backlash would have been beyond the realm of belief. Like, I cannot even imagine it. She already got backlash for it. Um, but I think that like, if she had been the one to say it, which is even sadder, like it would have been so much worse. And that makes me, it breaks my heart. It's really, I, I hate that we do this. Yeah, I really do. And if she had just had a, a responsible adult who loved her unconditionally, like that would have been better. I'm reminded of the scene where her dad sits down at her table and she makes this big point that she keeps all of her receipts in a bowl. Like she goes through and like balances her checkbook every month, which I just think is so wholesome and sweet of her. And she keeps all of her receipts responsibly in a bowl on her counter. <laughs> and she makes this, like she sets the scene that she is responsible. She's doing, you know, living her adult life. Her dad sits down next to that bowl, pushes it aside and says, I'm Brittany now. When I tell you the gasp that I gusped was they could have heard it on Mars. I could not believe this man had the audacity to say, I'm Brittany now. Go fuck yourself to the end of time. Makes me question my faith in humanity. And this is it's, this is very much not on topic, but Selena's death. <laughs> oh, wow. Is- we're throwing it back. <laughs> More like families trying to control mm. their breadwinner of a child. And um, there's con- there have been conspiracy theories that Selena's father has paid Yolanda to kill Selena. Mm. Um, and it makes me think of Britney Spears. I had not heard this conspiracy theory, and now I really wish I didn't know it. I do not want to go down this rabbit hole. That would be... tragic actually like i my body is not okay right now (laughs) we can talk about it another time i mean her ex her widowed husband has a whole memoir about it and talks about the family and we will put that in the show notes everyone (laughs) hey off topic so sorry (laughs) so celebrity memoir is clearly our cup of tea um celebrity gossip I have always been here for it I don't know what it is about celebrity gossip but I have always just been fascinated by it and so I I'm gonna wrap this up I'm just really grateful that the two of you were willing to go there with me on this and do the deep dive my pleasure it was a great way to spend a morning Amen. Any final thoughts? Any, what is your, what is your star rating? How, how do you pitch this? Like, what is your recommendation for this book? Should people read it? Go for it. Raw, honest. If you're a Britney fan, you should probs read this five stars. And I gave it five stars because I love Britney and I don't know. I just liked it. Whatever. (laughs) No rhyme or reason. I think I gave it four stars, maybe four and a half. Um, it was great. I did. She has not, I don't think capable of this, but like there were times when she was talking, we didn't even get into it. There were times when she was talking about things that I was like, girl, you, do you not have more feelings about this thing? Like the dating, the older guy thing, losing her virginity to him. 
she just says things as like they're just facts they're just facts about her life there's no introspection at times and i'm like oh girl <laughs> um but you know it's okay she's emotionally stunted she knows it she says so um but anyway okay but i i did love it i definitely recommend it even to people who aren't fans of britney um just to like understand more of what the fuck is going on i think cel celebrities are either like adored or vilified and there's nothing in between they're not treated as human and so like any celebrity memoir that touches on that like i'm gonna recommend sally i think to your point i think that was a coping mechanism where she hasn't she hasn't quite reckoned with some of the things in her past and she just wanted to share it factually and then maybe revisit it i hope we get a, a 70 year old britney memoir like i hope this is the first of many <laughs> after lots and lots of therapy and healing i hope we get uh reflections on the life of a 2000s pop star in her in her golden years that is my i'm gonna put that in the ether Brittany. call me um i'll help you write it okay <laughs> thank you so much um i hope if you're listening you enjoyed this um and you can download the audiobook on libro fm we'll link in the show notes um or get it from your library and yeah I'll talk to y'all soon. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. Well, red woman is a thing.